You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. They did a massive test, thousands and thousands of workers. They did a four-day work week and realized that, uh, yeah, our entire fucking system of labor is completely arbitrary. Matt. Come to this realization over the last week and a half since he died. Maybe the greatest late-night talk show guest of all time. He was good on Letterman, Conan, Leno. I mean, he was not good on Leno. Who's good on Leno? Leno sucks. Mike. You can fly here. That's what it takes. You cannot go through the land borders. But for some reason, you could fly in a tube full of people and come over here. What the fuck? And Scott. Oh, dude, I've spent the last two years of my life, like, ripping whiskey and chicken sandwiches and waking up whenever the fuck I want to. Now I got to get <laughs> up on Monday, Monday morning at 645 Up to say, oh, I guess. Well, this isn't live though. What do you got to say? I want to talk about. Start. I want to talk about Wolf. But go ahead, go ahead. Because uh, hello. Oh, go ahead. We're already on the air. What does it matter? Hey, why don't you go ahead? Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is the 40th episode of the Is It Safe podcast. Welcome into the show. Uh, we're back again. We're on. We're off. Uh, we're really flaky lately. We apologize for that. Uh, you know, life happens, though, so we don't really apologize for it. It's just something you say. Anyways, uh, here we are. What are we going to do? We want to talk about that new Sopranos movie. Uh, heard people are upset about it. Some people love it. There's a lot of passion involved. Yeah, um, yeah. Before, before we get there, Mike, I want to ask you, because Cinema 9, shout out to Cinema 9 Pod. Oh, yeah. Which, what do you guys do on Cinema 9? You, do a, you pick a movie. At, you got three guys. And uh, someone bring, I assume someone brings a movie to the group, and then you kind of put it in the queue, and everybody watches it or rewatches it, as it were. Yeah. Is it always a rewatch, or is it uh, first time? Do you guys do first time movies too? It depends. I mean, yeah. uh, I'm watching a movie for this week's show, Jacob's Ladder. I never saw it, so it'll be a first time watch for me. Okay. Well, I listened to one in ten episodes because I haven't seen the movie most of the time. Uh, that's you good. Know, so. I would not recommend the show for people who, if you haven't seen the movie, don't go to those episodes. But but I was super psyched because you guys did Wolf, which I had recently seen. So I was like, oh, Wolf, I'm glad they're doing this. I'm, I'm like excited to hear some takes on this. What year is that movie? 1993? 94. 94. Okay. Yep. Did you and see it when we were kids? Or were you a kid? No, I discovered it recently because like it just seemed like the most ridiculous. The idea of Jack Nicholson being a werewolf to me was a very appealing <laughs> thing as a 35-year-old man. I, I wanted to see that movie. <laughs> but I just want to say like one that. thing in your observations about this movie that I think you neglected to to mention, which is this movie is about a person not becoming a werewolf, but becoming Jack Nicholson. The whole movie. He's just becoming Jack Nicholson. And you guys didn't reference the scene where he <laughs> pisses all over James Spader's feet, which was the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah. that's Yeah, we did not reference that. See, you never know what three people are going to strike a conversation up with. You might find something of more value or interest of your experience than what uh, one of the three of us would. Either way, it's kind of an overrated movie. Um, I like Mike Nichols' work sometimes, but... I, it I was a it was... fun movie. It was a fun movie. I, 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 I was surprised really to know bad, that it was though. rated. Well, yeah, but I guess we're going to get into that with Sopranos. Like, 
what you like doesn't necessarily mean it has to be good in scare quotes, you know? Yeah, that's what we always talk about. Yeah, did you like it? Uh, does it if I do like it? Does that mean it holds up? Those are conversations that we have all the time. So, uh, I think Luke's going to be guest hosting for me next week when I go to Arizona, right, Luke? I hope so. Yeah, we're we're looking at. I was wondering what the movies would be. I've never heard you so and quiet for that long in the show ever. It was he wasn't paying weird. attention at all. He was no. You were just... staring at a screen or us or not paying attention <laughs> to us at all. I'm not sure what it was. He's running analytics on his router. <laughs> fucking router i i don't understand what the hell is going on but it seems to be working now so i think we're good we're good oh, okay no i was i was listening but yeah man uh i wish i could have been part of the wolf episode because i love that movie so much but i i love it for for how it's very mike nichols it's very like it's very basic mike nichols deals with he just deals with just you know just uh, kind of sexual conflict. That That's like his whole thing. It's like everything is a rite of passage. Everything is like, oh, what do women think? What do men think? Uh, what if these two people fuck each other? That's his whole, that's his whole deal. <laughs> and, and Wolf is just about a man like, you know, trying to reconnect with his libido. Uh, yeah. Trying to become Jack Nicholson. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, that's the, the funnier kind of meta version of it, but basically it's, it's a super simple story about a, an old man who needs Viagra. Well, exactly. We we were laughing the whole time. Well, that's what the that's it. what the moon is. That's what the full moon is. When we watched it, we were laughing the whole time at the running of Jack Nicholson, and we were basically like imitating oh, him God. running as the wolf around the house. It was so funny. No, so the best dumb. thing is when he like lands on the ground and they do that like slow motion, <laughs> and he's like still got his like uh, his button down, you know, his button down <laughs> shirt on and his khakis, and he's like, Rrr! and then uh, it all comes off. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's something. Uh, but way, it's, you uh, know, it's it's also it also could be potentially read uh, in some form of classes way. I just didn't get a chance to rewatch it, so uh, I feel like it's also it's also a person that is, you know, bound bound up in his shitty fucking job, uh, his bullshit job, and that's his way of fucking escaping it. Except that, except for the fact that they use Michelle Pfeiffer. If if they took her out of it, it could have been a fucking sweet movie. It was still good, but it it just it, it remains it remains juvenile whenever it becomes just about sex, which is what it was. I want Hollywood movies like that. There aren't Hollywood movies like that anymore. They don't about exist. sex. No, just just like kind of fun, like kind of fun, fantastical, serious but funny. Uh, uh, like you've got mail. <laughs> is that a serious movie? I have no idea. <laughs> it is if you haven't read seen it, that right? one. Haven't yeah. seen that one. Oh, that's stupid. Uh, it's like we're going to talk about one. here with the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, which came out last Friday. And if you never saw The Sopranos like Luke and you want to watch the movie anyways, you no, know, that's your right. But Hollywood now, everything is a wink. And Luke and I were talking about this before the show about you can't. You can't look at movies now. Certain movies are not made for you just to watch them and judge them on their own merits. It's no longer the case. Because Luke said, you know, hey, if a movie's good, it'll be judged on what it has to offer because it's a film that has aspects that can be identified and broken yeah. down. But that's not how Hollywood works anymore. So everything is a wink and a reference to a previous movie or a commodity or a IP 
And that's yeah. so you're thinking like the 80s and the 20s and decades ago, Luke. It's not like that anymore. It's everything now. If you watch the many states of Newark, with no context of anything from The Sopranos, there is no argument. I'm not going to hear an argument that it's a completely different film, a completely different movie. Well, I know who the characters are, though. I mean, here's the thing: it's 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 it's. How is this different than the fucking MCU or the DCU? It's just it's not. What, what, it's what, not. Garbage. I, I don't know. What it's are those totally things? fucking self-referential nonsense. I know. It's, like, it's not. What, I what, agree. Is, uh, what is MCU? You're supposed you're supposed to like it because of the fact that it has references to something that Marvel you actually Cinematic love. Universe. Oh, all it does uh, is leverage. All it does is leverage some something that you actually love. Uh, and it does it in the most, in the weakest fucking way imaginable. I mean, you're talking about a series that went on for what, six, seven seasons, Sopranos, and yes. you've got one movie, one little capsule that's like two hours, basically two hours from beginning to end. And all they do is they reference people's names. And you're supposed to be like, oh, that's awesome. And like Junior, you know, he's got the big glasses and they're like, oh, that's Junior. Holy shit, that's Junior. Junior has like two lines in the whole motherfucking movie. But it's not uh, a story about it's not a story about Junior or Tony Soprano. No, it's all. a story about how Hollywood can actually make a lot of fucking money making a dumb fucking movie that matters not to anybody, but is able to leverage their fucking series that they put out years ago. They're just it's just banking on it's just banking on this bullshit it doesn't matter the movie sucks and if you like it fine but it's not that good you know i'll i'll, I'll give you like i'll say okay it's it's not poorly made in that way but it's a trash movie oh I it was it was written movie. by thoroughly yeah i had a great time enjoyed. watching it was the first Are movie i was excited about watching on a day oh, it came out in 10 years all right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Matt, mute myself I will, for a minute. <laughs> I will give you that, Matt. We did a uh, special. This is, hasn't happened in a long time. We did a special viewing at a friend's house. I actually left my house and went to a friend's house and went into his home and stayed there for a couple hours to watch this movie. Yeah. And another and another guy came over. There was three guys lined up on a couch watching this movie on Friday yeah. night. There was, it was certainly an event. It was circled yeah. on the calendar. You know what I mean? I, mean, yeah, I was I can, really excited about it. Considered going to see it in theaters. Just, I don't know. I was going to go to the drive-in, but the tickets at the Ford Wyoming were totally sold out. We definitely wanted to go oh. to the drive-in to see it. The drive-in would have been a great setting to see this movie. This is a great yes. drive-in movie. It, it sold um, out in a heartbeat. We totally blew that. So, Look, the merits of the movie and the story, I think it's interesting. So the movie's about... Dickie Moltisanti, which is a character often referred to in the Sopranos series, but not really fleshed out at all. I did think the beginning part with Christopher Moltisanti narrating it and sort of like, that was a little funny, but all in all, I loved the era. I loved the, uh, the, the centering around the Newark riots of 1967. I thought that was an interesting place. By the way, I was, I was like doing a little reading on the summer of 1967, which was like, had to be the craziest fucking summer in American history. You had like a hundred race riots happening around the country. The Newark riots were one week before the Detroit riots. And then there were also riots in like Saginaw, New York city, like all these places, Cincinnati across the country. It was just a crazy time in America. And I think it really, uh, whether or not this movie covers it well is a point of debate, but I think it's an interesting point of in time to capture I think this movie actually did a better job 
of doing this than the Detroit movie. I don't know if you guys saw that Catherine Bigelow's Detroit movie. Yeah, I mm-hmm. saw it. As, it was I didn't. I didn't think it was that great. Um, I do love the book that it's based on. Yeah, what is great? Yeah, is the ho- Algiers, Algiers Hotel, Hotel incident. incident. Yeah. Um, but I thought this yeah, movie. Yeah, I great. got a problem with that though, Matt. That, and I am not. I love like mixing in historical points. I I'm a kind of a sucker for that stuff. And this is a Sopranos prequel though, man. And you only made a movie, so you can't really. To me, you can't shoehorn in this whole other area, this whole other really story, a plot line with Leslie Odom's character and fucking Frank Lucas saying it's involved too. I, so now Frank we're, Lucas was in. Yeah. <laughs> I was now like, we're getting into American American yeah. Guy? Yeah. yeah, now we're getting yeah. into a real guy who existed during the time. So now this is Lucas talking about world building in the MCU. It really, they are laying the groundwork now because now the Frank Lucas realm and all these historical opportunities and yep. movie making and and series opportunities, oh, yeah. spinoffs are all oh, available. There's going to be a Frank Lucas series. Oh, you can fucking bet your bottom dollar that's going to happen. <laughs> it just. Oh, the never. Fucking, oh my God! All right, first of all, like, so the, the the fucking just lib brain nonsense that's going on in this movie too is just. Out oh of God, control. Everything's got to be. It is. Everything's got to be through this lens. Uh, it's got. <laughs> no, are, are you gonna Are you gonna say well, this well, right for me, you, Luke? Because hey, I don't Matt, know how to Matt, express it properly. You, Matt, Matt, why don't you tell me how things are not like that? Not like what? Well, explain it first. Because I oh think you're gonna God. explain my point better for me. Because I I don't know how okay. to say it properly. I do not how to express this properly. But there was like they tried to sh- make up for the Sopranos being a very white show. I wrote down. It, I wrote down. It's a few real, notes. I don't know how to say it. it's. I'm not wrong here, but there's something weird going on here. I wrote down a few notes. One is uh, they pull the guy over and they let him go and they go, he's white. Meanwhile, he's got a dead guy hanging on his fucking console. That's one thing. He's white. Yeah, that that's the point not, they're trying to make, right? Is, of course it that's is. How... It is not a fucking thing that ever fucking happened. Oh, in 1967? Let him go. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you telling me that? Are you telling me that cops would look at a dead guy on somebody's console and they would literally <laughs> look into into the car with flashlights, see a dead person, and say he's white? Let him go. I, no, I, that is that is that is Sorkin brain bullshit. That is, I, I, kind of I, I kind of agree. You know it. However, however, Sorkin I think brain. I, I don't think it's pigeon. It's it's not forcing Sorry. in this the the, the the narrative of the Newark race riot is a piece in the Sopranos that was always talked about, always there. Do you remember that episode where Tony and AJ go down to the, they go down to the old neighborhood and then there's like the guys like selling, selling drugs in, in Tony's old block. And the guys like calls out Tony and, you know, there's like this confrontation there. There's a lot of things that were set up in the series that relate back to this moment. This moment actually plays a huge role throughout the whole series. It's talked about the opening scene of the Sopranos is like not the opening scene, but the opening um, sequence is Tony leaving New York City, driving through the old neighborhood and going to the suburbs. Like that's the story of the Sopranos in a way. Right. Uh, And it's a, it's a microcosm of kind of an American mentality. It's like throw out the old shit and on with the new and forget the old, but we can't ever forget the old. And I think this this movie is a hearkening back to that. And 
you know, it's a foundational moment. The, the riot of 67 in Newark is the foundational moment of this movie or uh, of the Sopranos series, I think. So anyway. Yeah. But Matt, I mean, like, can you, can you understand this movie without the series? I mean, th- this is what I mean about, there is no point to this movie. It needs to, it needs to stand on its own and be a fucking movie. I mean, okay. Here's another thing that I was, this, this is a little bit of a tangent from what you were just saying. This is not like a challenge to what you were just saying. But there was also the priest versus nun thing. Uh, was it Vera uh, for for Miglia, or maybe it's the other Vera Farmesia? Yeah, yeah. Is okay. that the one first? Playing, first uh, of all, she's mother? horrendous. Uh, the other what? one, she did an amazing job as Livia. It was incredible. No, I didn't even know it was she, her. What, all she did was an Edith. All she did was an Edie Falco like impression. It wasn't no, even no, no, good. no, 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 Edie no, no, Falco wait, wait, fucking wait. killed it. Whoa, 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 No, she's doing a Nancy Marchand impression first off. And oh. she killed what? it on But that. it's funny you no, say this because no, I heard not. a, wait, I hold on. a this David. doesn't make any sense. But I heard a David uh, Chase interview where okay. everybody's like, wait a second, is that uh, uh, Edie Falco playing it? And it, and the, the inference is Tony married his mother. Yeah, so anyway. well, it's fucking, it was really terrible. She didn't do a good job at all. It was not natural and it felt totally like theater kid. <laughs> Uh, and I hated every second of it. Um, the the other person is the the Penelope Cruz character. She she's the one that said she wanted to be a priest, and he was like, "A priest, only men can be priests." And the Penelope like, Cruz no. wannabe. She was like, "I want to be a mean? priest." <laughs> no, well, she said, "Yeah." She was like, "Well, I want to be a priest because priests have all the power." And it's like that's another fucking neo-lib brain bullshit thing. Like the idea that there's there's some difference there that's actually meaningful it's not fucking meaningful it's it's you were not raised catholic sir (laughs) it's It's a useless no it's a useless it's a fucking useless uh it's a useless it's now it's a trope it's definitely a fucking trope now that like women want to be priests uh back in the 60s how often was that the case matt i mean you you're definitely catholic i i i doubt you know, she wanted to be a priest. She wanted the power. That's what she said. No, she said she wanted yeah, to be okay. a priest yeah, yeah, yeah. and not a nun. That That is a choice. That is a choice made in the film. And it's very explicit that she wants to be a priest. So yeah, I guess that, that didn't what is the point? Anymore. What is the point of that other than to, you know, virtue signal uh, about fucking identity politics? That's what it is. You keep saying that it's me that turns it on this shit, but it's not me. It's the material. The material does it. I'm just calling it out. I'm telling you, I'm I am not being unfair here. This is ridiculous. Uh, I didn't I didn't find it uh, as offensive, but I I, I, I see, okay, I see your argument. Fair. That I, would I be see. fair. That would be fair that I find it more offensive than you do. <laughs> Red Sox took the lead, guys. Two nothing. Red Sox. No, who cares? A little live sports update on a recorded playoff podcast. baseball, no man. Yet. This is a wild card game. That's awesome. Wait, is this uh, Yankee Yankee Sox? Yeah, it's wild card go, game. That's fun. You know, I hate to say it, but go, go Red Sox. Fuck yeah. but anyway. Go big or go home. Do or die. So, I got smoked in fantasy, so I don't care. Oh, I just cashed out $2,600, man. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I can't believe I just did that. I, I got my money back in that main event that I paid $1,700 to get in. I broke even. That was like the best third place finish I've ever had in my life. I couldn't believe it. I was like, thank you. Yes, I made my money back. It wasn't like I put 100 bucks in. You put 1700 in. Jesus you're much Christ. happier to finish and make your money back. That is uh, <laughs> That's a scary amount of money. You should have never done that. I, hey, 
Uh, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Bitcoin. I, I can play with Bitcoin's play been with the big flying. Dogs. I can play with the big dogs. I learned that, Dude, so I, I can you compete. Just, uh, is Bitcoin for you just like you know Sonic the Hedgehog? You're just flying <laughs> through the world, fucking just. <laughs> Ding 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 ding. Dude, it's it's awesome. It's fucking scary. Ethereum's like, it's weird. I've made like split second decisions, and then like an hour later, you're down eight hundred dollars, and you're like, "Fuck!" Teaches you patience, John. It teaches a ton of patience. That is that is literally how every casino works. I've gone into every casino. That's exactly right. I have I have fucking killed it for like two hours. I'm like, dude, I'm killing it. I'm not going upstairs. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna let it ride. And all remember that time we went to the Hooters casino? Yes. Yeah, you were so pissed, man. We drove from like Denver to Vegas that night. We're going to a friend's wedding in California in Temecula. Oh I'd never God. been to Vegas. This is our first. This is my first time in Vegas, and we just crashed here because we were exhausted. And we stayed at the Hooters Hotel and Casino because it was the cheapest place to stay. Dude, it was like forty dollars a night. It was so. It, it was. was so cheap. It was so cheap. We could not not stay. We had to stay there. But you wouldn't believe so this. If you were to ask the two of us, like, okay, so one of us oh went to God. bed and the other one stayed up and gambled like a motherfucker. It actually was Luke. It wasn't me. And this was pre-opioid, so I would have yeah. been partying and stuff. I went to bed. Luke goes downstairs, the tightest man I know, and blows cash. And he's pissed when he gets... He's like, I can't... I fucking lost. I can't believe it. What was the cap? How much? Well, because I was up. I was up like... Oh, of course. Here we go. Classic story. Here Classic story. <laughs> I, I, really, I really do hope nobody I know hears this, but... Uh, no, we can I all relate. I, was up, I think I was up. Oh my god! I think I was. I was broke, dead broke. Yeah, you know, like that's the thing. Too. Almost, you really I was been. up almost four hundred dollars, <laughs> or like three hundred. I think it was three hundred. It was like two hundred uh, something. Was the ledger at the end of the night. I was. I was down. <laughs> He's like the guy in swingers. Seriously, He's only Not got one hundred eighty-seven dollars. Every Not the same. <laughs> what did they give me at? What was the game? What was the game? It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a weird poker game, wasn't it? Is that like Ch- Chinese poker or like, like Pai Gao? Korean poker? Yeah, Pai Gao. Some, some off brand shit. Yeah, some, something <laughs> like, and then, and I was walking by, I was walking by the, the table at like two in the morning and she's like, oh, sit down. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, let's, let's do this shit. Be oh, very, oh, very oh, careful, yeah. Luke. Oh, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> yes. Somebody did it. Was she wearing and, a Hooters shirt, by the oh. way? Was, she a, was it Asian Hooters? <laughs> no, she wasn't even. She wasn't like one of the hot Hooters women either. She was just a dealer. No, I wonder if all like, the dealers had to wear like Hooters dead tits shirts. So. No, she did not have one of those on. She had like a regular dealer shirt that was like, I mean business. You're fucking, you're my like meat for tonight. You're I'm a mark. Chew you up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she chewed me up and spit me out. She kept making me feel hopeful. And things were going really well. And like we were, we were traveling across country and I had no money. So I was like, oh my God, if I can just keep winning a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And it just, it, fucking tanked super fucking fast anyhow um that was not fun and, no it was uh, fun for a minute it was fun for about yeah. 35 minutes <laughs> yeah you were riding high she, you were, she, that uh, ethereum she was job. just cruising and you were <laughs> she, like she did, <laughs> she yep. did and a really a good job somebody said something like, about yeah all of a sudden, China might, you know, ban Bitcoin, even though it's not even real. And then all the money goes away in a heartbeat. So. Holy moly. <laughs> and it's, it's gone. And it's bananas. gone. 
Yeah. We live in a fraudulent community, a fraudulent market. All of this is bullshit anyways. So you're right. There's no much, not much difference, Luke, between the stock market, the casinos, the crypto game. The only thing is when oh, your crypto goes down, you don't have to, they don't collect right away. So you could just sit there. If you can deal with the pain of the loss temporarily, the good news is it'll strike back. So that's the only difference between that and a casino. When you lose the money, they want it up front and you lose it immediately if it's lost. In the crypto game, it looks bad on paper, but in 10 hours, all of a sudden you're up 150 bucks, $300, $1,000 again. You're like, okay, well, I, I wrote it out. Look at me. So we do know that crypto is going to strike back all the time. Yes. Good question. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we Dude, I have, John, I have mastered so few things in my life. I have made so many mistakes, <laughs> massive failure in so many ventures. Never yeah, had any opportunities that I was able to take advantage of. But the one thing I've figured out is this stupid-ass crypto game. They want to push out the tiny people. So they bury the price. They have these bullshit stories. Who is about, they? Oh, uh, who, the whales and all the people in control. I know it sounds ethereal and like it sounds like they're just these big fucking seven assholes who run the whole crypto market. I do understand how that sounds, Matt, but... It's true. Whoever yeah, they are, like protocols territory here. We got to be careful. <laughs> Seriously, the people who, yeah, the people who pull the levers are the people who have the power because they can push the markets because they can dump so much of their shit and then buy it back. The people who have the capital and the know-how—that's who they are. And whoever Elon they Musk. Are, no. I, no, that's see, that's an example of some bullshit. He's he's not even involved, really. He's just he tweets. But he can something. move a market. Yes, because they will use it to leverage their position he doesn't really do it it's them using him to move it and then they want you out because they want to have more control of this so you are expected to sell when you panic and you lose a thousand dollars in 10 minutes and they're hoping that you'll they're betting on the fact that 80 percent of people will be like oh my god i gotta get out now ah but i'm not gonna fucking let you guys do that to me i'm staying in i've got the stones to do it and i'm not dead yet so fuck you but that's kind of the difference of crypto is there's a lot of transparency like you're seeing all the transactions happen at once if you want to you can like that is true you can watch what's happening real time you have access to things that you wouldn't have in another what in like these like the stock market yeah, well, no, but you don't have the book though. isn't it yeah, the same yeah, it kind of isn't it the same you can't because you can watch the, the numbers thing, go up the whole thing based on, on secrecy market. the whole thing is but based you, on secrecy. you can like pinpoint transactions on on Oof. like Coinbase and, and yeah, you don't know who it is individually. Yeah, yes. You don't exactly know who it is, but you can pinpoint it to the decimal. Matt's right. So you can tell somebody's buying a, a church's chicken on a Thursday night with well, Bitcoin. With, yeah, if no. that's what they want to do. You can you can tell who's buying what coin. It's a quick question. I don't know. You right. know. No, but I Mike, every... you you also you also have a lot of runway because you got in. You know, admittedly, like we don't have to go over your stats, but like you got in at Bitcoin. <laughs> Mike, what's your net worth? <laughs> you got you got in at Bitcoin at a you know, it's not like you had like fucking seven Bitcoin or whatever. Let's, let's hear some but stats. You can yeah, that would be awesome. The way I look at it is okay, I've made X, I'm up X on Ethereum. So True. whatever X is, that does determine you know, how much quote unquote balls I can have or how much patience I can have. And maybe I just do need to kick back and say, all right, well, I'm technically like down 
whatever, why? But if I just hold on, I'll get back to level. But like, yeah, there is a lot of panic that happens when, you know, you're like fucking with a few thousand dollars that are really important to you. Well, remember, I don't have my a job view, either. So, yeah, no, no, no. I, I know that. My view is that money is gone. You know, like I've res- it's like going to the casino. I got, call, yeah, I went to the casino call. with five hundred bucks. You got and that money's gone. Cost, yeah, no doubt. It's like straight economic. I might, I may be like Luke and ride high, you know, for thirty <laughs> minutes. But if I if I crash out, that money's gone. I'm not going back to the ATM. Thirty minutes right. is all. I, Thirty Look minutes what? is about all I could handle <laughs> when it comes to Bitcoin. I would be, I would freak out and just, just pull everything. I would pull everything. Look out. what Matt did. Matt's a classic example. I mean, Matt, when you originally bought in on the Ethereum, you had to wait a long time for it to even get back to that point, and it didn't even stay there that long. We're still trying to. We're getting know, back, get back there. Back. We're getting back. Yeah. But my, so hang tight, because what I'm, you know, uh, like I, it's not been that long. Like I got in in like June. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's not that long ago. You got you got you got to remove yourself from the fluctuations of day to day. I mean, we're up three percent today. Absolutely. Yeah, you got in at June at a price that was nearly double what I got in in June. <laughs> it's it's like it's just I happen to you know I don't know any I, I I'm not like some fucking wizard. It's just you bought ethereum and then i tried to buy ethereum and couldn't because i had to wait for my deposit to go in you know my usd to get deposited (laughs) and then what happened over the course of 72 hours was that it bombed out and then i got in it wasn't because i had some inside track it was just dumb ass luck that's all it is yep dumb ass luck and then i got in at you know the lowest price it or has is been it math oh shoot sure. well it is it's math bumping right now is yeah, it math it's just like it's looking good right now yeah, yeah see <laughs> john you've really you really failed you could have oh, no, could have done that this dumbass luck is not really how it works buddy john's a working man now he can get back in this game anytime he wants john to. i've got a i've got a book it's by doyle brunson you need to read that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know the I'm bottom line now. is yeah, I lucked out when I got in the timing in the summer of 2020. It was pure luck, all of it. I always admit that. You're right, John. But I don't. I have not had a job either, so I'm up against it to try to survive because, you know, shit comes through. Rent has to be paid every month. Bills have to be paid. Uh, we had to pay for hotels all the time. We go to Canada. The shit starts adding up. So I am yeah, still... Yeah, life's expensive. I, I do feel the heat, and I get, a, I get fearful at times, but I'm just not going to let them win. But you're right. I'm not totally... <laughs> bankrupt yet so i can hang tight for a little while longer so <laughs> that's not everyone's position dude I get no that, that is, no li- literally that is everybody's position in this entire economy i'm not bankrupt yet so i can hang in there a little while longer exactly that is, that is how the entire economy works that's how every single working person feels it doesn't feel much different than any other time in my life frankly <laughs> yeah, exactly so, yeah it's just that uh you and know. good and good for you ride that wave man Ho- hopefully you fucking Hopefully it really starts raining. I told you, I don't figure out a lot of things, but I know what they want to do now. And I am (laughs) out of these fucks. So, hey, if you guys need any good tips or anything, you know, hit me up. I'll I'll try to offer advice, but I don't know dick as much as anybody else does. But the truth is, nobody knows anything. Nobody ever did know anything. 
They've all been lucky. They've all had capital. And the more reserves and capital that you can dump into a market, the more interest and money you can make off of in a shorter amount of time. And that's why those people stay in the way they are again, again, and again, and again, and again. Yep. That's one thing yeah. I've learned now. You know, like you you and I have talked about this like multiple times and, you're, and you will give me you will give me information and data and I'll just be like, yeah, I can't do this. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I, I, just, I, I just have to fail. Like I, I appreciate it. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand understand either, so. All of it's this requires this requires a, <laughs> a certain amount of testicular fortitude. You know, That's you got to really fucking hey, got to have yes! rough nuts hanging down from you. That's right. Hey, somehow I'm still unemployed, and I'm going to Arizona next week, and I've paid for everything: the, the flights, the five days of the hotel, a nice hotel. I don't know. Hell Somehow yeah, pulled it off. So good for me. So yeah, don't Mike. Mike, literally. <laughs> no, we're gonna be in uh, like Mesa, unfortunately. So. At this no, point, okay. at this point, Mike, uh, if you're not if you're not starting your own memoir, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Uh, it's just another life, man. <laughs> this, We've this, all, chapter, this chapter, <laughs> this chapter, Mesa's on me. I mean, come on, that's a chapter that writes itself. <laughs> Mesa's on me. Yeah, that's pretty good. after yeah, that's pretty after good. after like the two hundred and forty eight jobs that you've had, holy moly! I'd yeah, that's it. true. Well, honestly, they say everybody has three careers now. It's a minimum. So you've had you've had seventy nine. Yeah, I've had a lot of careers, but <laughs> yeah, the bottom line is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to Arizona. This will be my first flight, too, in the pandemic era, technically. So I'll be able to report like you guys did. Ooh, you know, Matt went to Arizona. Do? We got the classic line. The the What was it? The obvious Trump oh, people? What was that? Oh, just beautiful Trumpers. <laughs> the beautiful Trumpers. <laughs> I don't know what the exact line was. but I can't remember. It was a good one. They were just who were clearly Trumpers. Yes, something like that. Yeah. So I'll, uh, but we're not going to stray from the hotel because it's a whole baseball conference at the hotel. So we don't really have to leave oh, much. We are going to see. It's a weird fantasy baseball conference well, put on by a little cactus league action. Holy! It's fuck. a Arizona fall like, ball. Arizona fall ball, dude. I'm going to see this, all the best prospects in the game, actually. So that's going to be cool. Holy shit! If you had done that in 2007, you would see my brother. He played Arizona fall ball. Not the. Of fall course ball. he did. Uh, uh. Well, Arizona league is that different? He might have played. Yeah, there's Arizona complex league too. Not uh, to belittle your right. one. Your brother's a legend and will always be better than me for in perpetuity. But he but, wasn't fall ball material. Well, I mean, not. fall ball is there's this is a specific yeah. Arizona fall league thing with the, the best, does, Sean the top prospects in the game. Sean knows he's not the top prospect in the game. He never was. He knows that. It's not a secret. Uh, so oh, Sean, wait, if wait, he, he ever moves back to Michigan, could dominate the Detroit neighborhood softball. Are you league. shitting me? Oh yeah, I, he could I, be I the him, MVP. I told him if he moved if he moved back, somebody would probably pay him to play. I'd just love to see <laughs> him like demoralize Gallagher out there, but. Never. <laughs> he would yeah. annihilate like I want, him. I want him to crush a home run and just watch Gallagher crumble. Oh, he would annihilate Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if we can find out uh, next year when when we play Woodbridge, I'll bring Sean out and we'll just do that. We'll just have him show up out of nowhere and fucking annihilate we, everybody. We'll take up a little collection to fly him out. <laughs> that would be fucking yeah. <laughs> it would only be it's only like three hundred bucks a round trip. Like we could cop, we could take the whole team and be like, all right, guys, do we want to embarrass Gallagher or not? And then we just, everybody throws in 15 bucks. My brother comes out and dominates. <laughs> yeah. Your brother's just so deferential though. He's such a nice guy. We played in the softball league. Yeah. When I but lived that's down what Colorado. makes him awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the it, main it does. reason he's awesome. 
we played out that league in 2011 when I lived out there, and like he wouldn't, <laughs> he should have been doing everything at that the key insane. positions, and he wasn't. Like the guys, he didn't ask to do it, and nobody demanded that he would. So there he is, like playing like right center. I'm like, what? What is what? This this guy's played. He was a major league draft pick. What is going on? <laughs> you know, why am I over here? This doesn't make any sense. It's not my team. I was I was his team that the coach ran that I was just a part of. So, so uh, but it, you so, know, it was really beautiful. By the way, softball leagues in Colorado much more. Oh beautiful my god, fields uh, than what Detroit that has. Ball that ball flies. Very jealous. Up at two thousand feet. Very jealous. Sean was also in the middle of playing like hardball and softball and was on multiple hardball leagues, multiple softball leagues, and and was coaching football and coaching baseball. So, and we so played racquetball, gotta... and he hit me in the eye, too. That was fucking terrible. Racquetball? <laughs> yeah. That's my fault for not wearing goggles, though. I learned a valuable lesson that day. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think I got the best softball tip through Luke, from Sean through Luke. Bye, Sean. Which is, yes. Which is the, the, only the, last, the last two fingers – Yep. In the last finger of the mitt. Yep. The pinky finger, the pinky finger the hole, finger. you put you put the ring finger and pinky finger in that hole so that you can move all of your fingers one hole away. And then that glove just collapses around the ball. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the mantra, one hole away. Yeah. Yeah. John, it's a shot. Uh, it's a yeah. it's a baseball shot. John, you gotta go to bed soon, man. Are you thinking about it? Oh no. Fuck it, who cares? <laughs> what time you gotta be in bed? I gotta be in bed when I go to bed, you know. I don't I don't I don't want to be treated with kids' gloves. You guys stop fucking oh, littling me. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out as we we'll figure this out as we go, John. If we need to uh, <laughs> shift, shift things around, I understand. You gotta be up early. In the man. words gotta... of Eli Cash in the Royal Tenenbaums, please stop belittling me. We need to we need to save the post. You can't see it. Yeah, you can. Jesus Send Christ. Yeah, I can only read post, post office. office, but yeah. There you go. Save, save me, the post man. office. Oh, check out that shit you got hanging there. Is that all we your... Just, uh, we just oh, you guys are really game. getting organized down there. Yeah, we're getting... Whoa. Look at the big brain on Luke with all that. Literally. <laughs> there's like, there's like $3,000 worth of books I could have got for like eight bucks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy who got his uh, philosophical undergrad and then his political science master's, and here he is. So... <laughs> Actually, Mike, the way you said that would be way better than what I got. The uh, if I had just received a philosophical undergrad, that'd have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Instead, that's I got a real point. one. Oh God! Yeah. Okay, wait. I I wanted to make one one more point about this uh, this this you know Warwick movie. Um, the what movie? The what movie? one of the best. Dion Warwick. Warwick? Dion, yeah. You talking about yeah. Warwick Davis from Willow? Yes, that guy. You're talking about the many um, saints of Newark, not Warwick. Whatever. Um, yeah. This, this movie clearly. reminds me. It reminds me so much that the the whole the whole thing is like, how did all this other stuff happen, and all the stuff that we're super familiar with? Have you guys ever seen the White Ribbon, the Michael Haneke? Oh, Haneke. Yes, yeah. that's like the World War post World War One or during World War One. It's pre World War One, pre World War One, but it feels like a a Nazi. It's the German it's a foreshadowing. Yes, it is this kind of like idyllic, idyllic yet like incredibly, uh, incredibly like punishing, you know, culture. It's like so it's an idyllic type culture, but also the 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 
kind of culture around punishment is is insanely severe, and so it's all these all these like young kids be being like you know guided in in some weird way or, or being aimless at the same time, and they this is it's not to say like oh yeah this is the Nazi party, but this is like these are the germs. These, this is the germination of the Nazi party in in a weird way. It's like, that is so much of a better movie and a a movie that people should watch because you don't need to see an entire television series to understand the white ribbon. You should just watch the white ribbon. You'll get it. If you've read anything about American history or, you know, international history in the last 70 fucking years. So I, I feel like that's uh, it. I don't feel like that's what it was going for because I feel like nobody who wrote that show or wrote that movie uh, had ever came across it. But uh, White Ribbon is a much better example of what I think they were trying to do. One thing I, I loved about the movie that uh, I, I did love the music in the movie, which is something I always loved about The Sopranos was the music featured in the movies. Mm-hmm. It's all over uh, the place. Oh, they started they started dropping that shit like it was like uh, Gremlins when they're like ding 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 ding, and it doesn't do the whole song. <laughs> they started dropping that that fucking intro song in the in the movie. So, so you like Luke? You like the Gil Gil Heron? I won't say Gil Scott Heron because uh, like say like Gil Scott Heron, right? Because no, no, my my favorite actors are Dan Lewis and Phil Hoffman, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the um, Gil Heron. Uh, Revolution will not be televised, which I thought was used pretty effectively. But I love yeah, it. Astro, was and it, there was a song from Astral Weeks, Van Morrison, that just hit me hard. I loved. I loved that. That was good. That was yeah. good. That was my favorite part of the whole the whole movie by far. This movie's dumb. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> but I want to hear. Oh, wait, 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 bullshit, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do love have... Alessandro Nova. He's a great dude. He's a talented actor. Who is that? Really is that uh, Dicky Maltesanti? Aless- Alessandro Nivola? Yeah. Is that oh, Dicky? He yeah. was a. Uh, you know, he was in Face Off. He played. <laughs> oh my Troy's god! Brother, he, Castor, Pollux oh, Troy. Wait, he played. No, he played. Uh, Pollux Troy. Hold on. Pollux. I just I just came to the realization that Pollux. they were named Castor and Pollux. Yep. Right. There you go. Oh Take that god. in. Absorb oh that. God. That's great. I That's could a eat a peach film. for hours. I could eat a peach for hours. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! At any rate, uh. Stop it. I was glad that he got an opportunity also, here. Also, stop yeah. chewing. Stop chewing on the mic. Whatever oh, can you, you hear going that? On there, you stop can hear this. Oh, it's <laughs> absolutely. It is. Oh, dude. Hold on. Do, do it more. Do it. He could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the most disgusting sound I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my God. So, this guy got an opportunity. You know, he got the main role. Uh, Ray Liotta. Plays twins, which is a soprano thing that happens in the By show the way, too. We're in a Ray Liotta revival because he was in the No Sudden Move movie, the Detroit film on HBO, and this movie. He's 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 had two prominent roles in HBO films, Ray Liotta and uh, Chantix commercials. Yeah, I <laughs> except it's a very yeah. uncool non-smokers. I think boring. he did. I think he was the best in Chantix because it's completely unbelievable that Ray Liotta quit smoking. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, in the movie, in in uh, in the the Sons of WeWork, they said um, Sons of he, WeWork. He offers he offers him a the cigarette. Many and he was like, no, and he's like, no. <laughs> 
So they actually they actually worked that into the script, which is ridiculous. Well, look, I was really excited for the movie. We sat down and watched it. And then after it was over and everything that went down, the fact that they... I really don't want to ruin this for Scott, but, you know, this is supposed to be a spoilers. I mean, Scott he's seen The Sopranos. He knows that Dickie Maltesanti dies. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but the, you know, the the, the, the reason he dies. The yeah, the it? reason he dies. That was, that to me, that, that definitely was, like, the most shocking. It was like, But it also wasn't shocking at all because if you know the character of the guy who carried the out the act. The responsible party, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like, wow. Well, a lot of that made a lot of sense. And I would argue Corey Stoll was a much more involved in this movie than Luke said. Like, he only had Who's two that? lines. No, that's who played uh, Junior, Corey ah. Stoll, uh, who was... He was in... Uh, remember that show, House of Cards? Yeah, House of Cards, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which just got it's wiped funny. off the face. Of, House of Cards used to be, like, the biggest Honestly. show in the world. Then a guy fucks up, and he, like, assaults males, and that show is just wiped from the fucking ether. You know, it's very Isn't unfair. that weird? Anyways. It wasn't that good of a show. That show sucked. Well, good people watched it. Yeah, okay. Uh, by the way, speaking of shows that sucked, uh, they just dropped the teaser today for the new House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff that's oh, coming God. out. So well, I watched that. Like, no, 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 no. This is ridiculous. I still I'm have such a bad it. taste in my mouth. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to watch it too, I man. <laughs> I'm going to fucking watch it. But I'm I still have such a bad it. taste in my mouth from season what? eight that I watched this teaser, which is really well done. It looks beautiful and the iron throne's a whole new reimagining and because it's a 200 year prequel again so we're back to prequel fest Wait, are, they was very using shovels? are they using shovels instead of swords for the iron throne is that what makes it cool uh <laughs> wait why would they use shovels well the iron the throne joke. is made out of swords and it's a it is a prequel, so I'm assuming it would be a much more provincial item that would be used <laughs> to create the throne. I think it's more dragon teeth are involved actually in, in okay. Iron Throne creation. Oh dear God! This is yeah, the I film industry, know. though. It's this just not... redoing. It's just oh bringing God. the fucking which is why you should not watch it. Dry. Uh, but but it. the Sopranos movie, like of any if anything, I was I was excited about that one and I enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't think it let the series down from that perspective. So Luke, you watched it without. You know, without I did not finish the series. series. Yes, in, in no. Full, if it turns yeah, into a series, though, admit. Matt, well, it has to I, turn into something more. That, that'll change everything. And I also thought John Bernthal is way underused in this movie. He plays Tony's way underused. Yeah, Bernthal fucking rule. Wait, wait, he which, plays which, Tony's dad. He plays criminal. Oh, John Boy Soprano. John Boy Soprano. Yeah, yeah dude. He, I'm like, oh sweet, John Bernthal's in this movie. It's gonna be awesome. But he's he's very underutilized because it's Dickie Moltisanti's movie, which may have been a mistake. Well, here's my prediction. He chewed, There's going to be he another up fucking movie. Walking Dead. He chews up everything he's in. He's of course he the does, greatest man. thing. Wolf of Wall Street he's the doesn't matter what he's in. The Punisher. Screen. The Punisher yes. was awesome. But that here's he my start in that. But he's the he's the greatest thing of anything that he's in. Here's my nobody prediction. fucking approaches him. Completely. You're getting an, you're going to get one more Sopranos movie, and it's going to be the one that's about when the Soprano when Tony makes his move and then they do the heist that is like oh, Feech Lamanche. Beach Lamana, Beach yeah. Lamana, and, and yeah. I was I was expecting that was a great character in the Sopranos in the in the series. Feech. played by Robert Loja. Robert Loja, so that's L O G is in Loja. <laughs> Man, the Sopranos gave so many great actors a chance. You know, so many great actors who were bit actors and other things a chance to be stars. Like, who's the guy who plays? Um, uh, yeah. Silvio. 
Well, oh, fucking, oh my God, little yeah, Steven, come on. <laughs> fucking love great, Steven. dude. He wasn't he was even an really... actor. I love him. But who who's the guy who played? But the guy who uh, played the younger version of him in this movie was fantastic. He was in The Big Short. He played one of the nerds in the garage out of Brown Company, and he was fucking great. Uh, but in in the series, the Soprano series, who's the guy who played the successor to? Um, basically, the guy who probably whacked Tony. The guy, the successor to um, John Sacramoni. Oh, Phil. So, Phil. I love that actor. Sacrimony. Well, yeah, that's Frank Vincent. Name. Frank Vincent. What a fucking Vincent. name. Yeah. Sacrimonious. That is such a cool fucking name. Yeah, that's the guy. John Sacrimony is the guy the, who's in uh, Killing Us Off. Okay. Well, the series ends with it just ends. It goes black, right? So he's actually not. I mean, it would just be fan. It would be fan fan fiction if you. No one knows what with, happened. Came up no with a, a murderer for its own. That's correct. Nobody killed him. You have to make your inference, but it's yeah, no, it's just the greatest whatever you, ending in the history of television. I think so too. I agree. That's the best way to end anything. That was genius. And and you can't, to use you can't beat that that terrible you that. song. You know, every oh. time I hear that song, all I think about is the Sopranos. Oh God! Get out of my mind, Mike. You got to drop it. You got to play it. Play it right. No, now. I don't want to play it. I don't want to do it. it. I'm not doing Play, it. I, I won't. Do it's, it. I don't it's hear like rolling out song. an orange in the in the Godfather. Something on this podcast is going to die if we fucking play that. Song. <laughs> reminds me of uh, reminds me of Red Wings game, man. That's just annoying. Yeah, when did that become a thing in sports? You know, to, to play. It became a thing at the Red Wings game because of the South Detroit thing in like 2004 ish. All that like Windsor, tr- all that Windsor trash. Just wanted to hear that nice, nice shorts, Luke. Yeah, that's good. Oh, oh, there's that. F- that Actually, you're looking pretty out. good. <laughs> It ain't nothing. You're looking fine. Walk it off. It up. <laughs> hey, why don't you walk that off? <laughs> By the way, for the for, for this very visual podcast, you'll notice that uh, yeah. we're seeing some inner thigh here from Luke. <laughs> <laughs> He's showing us some leg, and it's it's some bruised and battered. Yeah. And then he froze up because his internet sucks. His internet's <laughs> bruised and battered. Uh, uh oh, boy! I don't, know if any, I don't know if that uh, came through or boy. not. <laughs> you're back. Yeah, something is. I was saying, um, if if you're not aware, the inner thigh is the most sensual of all deli meats. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that audio. <laughs> so what else are we? What else are we talking here? We, uh, you know, we Luke, we were going to talk about. Ibram X Kendi winning a genius oh. grant potentially. Oh. Uh, Ooh, geniuses. Kind of geniuses. We've got so many geniuses to talk about. Uh not really. We're not we're not equipped to talk about geniuses in the way that we probably should be. Uh but I wanted to do Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Hello, Blue Traveler. <laughs> yeah, I've had this song stuck in my head all day. This is one of my plans. Is this the is this the song at the end of Kingpin? That's right. That's why yeah. I thought I actually that's the exact reason. I watched Kingpin today. I've never seen Kingpin okay. all the way through. Fantastic. Well speaking of geniuses, John Popper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does. Let's give let's give him a MacArthur. It? Let's give John Popper a MacArthur genius grant. <laughs> Hell yes. If we gave this guy six hundred and whatever thousand dollars, just think what he would do. This do song is very deserve- this song's amazing. The lyrics are fucking incredible. 
Do you think he deserves it less than uh, <laughs> so, somebody who is uh, a music critic, essayist, and poet? Well, I mean, this guy's an actual. This guy's who, an actual musician. Hold on, who who are you referencing there? Uh, let's see. No, I'm not even going to do that because then I'm going to come off as racist. How about a poet and a lawyer? Ooh. How about somebody uh, described well, as a painter? Or someone but, described but, as a poet slash translator. But you're describing Ooh. people by a occupation. I think that's how they're described. That is but, how they're described but, here, unless, so that they can all receive these fellowships. You know, sure. You know, like you could you could call Bob Dylan a poet, guitar player, and it would sound ridiculous. But you know, Bob Dylan's a genius. So you could, but he would also it would be you'd be totally remiss if you did not mention the fact that he was a world renowned musician. That like basically changed music uh, through a folk lens, like for decades and decades. So, that's so, legitimate. Yeah, I guess that's my point legitimate. Is, you're, you're, it, to boil them down to the profession, it, it's really about what have they done, or what could they do, not necessarily what they are described as. Like, so oh, yeah, boy. maybe maybe there is a poet, uh, lawyer. You know, maybe you know Abraham Lincoln was a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know if he was a poet. <laughs> do you think? Do you think giving $675,000 to somebody, uh, what is it called? It's not guilt free. It's just, it's free yeah, of it's, any. It's a grant. It's a grant. It's, it's, it's money. They don't have to do anything with it. But they can literally just take that money and they can like move to Mexico and yeah. just ghost. They can be It's patronage. Forever. It's old school patronage, right? Gotta love that patronage. So what is the no. point? You really, do you really Reed's believe in the genius of somebody like Ibram X. Kendi uh, so much so that you're willing to just give him a fucking note? Like, just do I believe no, in no his questions? Genius? Not you. No, I'm just saying the, the foundation. Just give him a no questions asked check for over half a million dollars and say, um, yeah, I mean, I don't care if you give anything back to society. You don't have to. Maybe they gave it to him to go away. Dude, that makes more sense now. <laughs> it actually makes sense. They're like, they identify people that are actually harmful to society. They give them so much money that it's like, dude, just leave. Take this money. Go to, just go to Mexico. Just leave. Just go, go south of the border. Go to Canada, whatever. Live in a commune. Disappear for fucking ever. I think the, that, I think the money that is makes way sense to me. The money is less of a big deal than the label for Ibram Kendi because he's made a shitload of money. Well, that's why I give him the label, books. too. Is he give him the label so that he feels really good about himself. And then he can just leave and be like, I'm a genius and I've got a million dollars. And he just hangs out on the fucking beach. Good. Good for you. He's got multi million. I'm sure he's a go to, go to Go to Senior Frogs in fucking Acapulco and <laughs> look, I don't do agree. whatever don't, the hell it is you want. I don't disagree with the premise of giving people money to be creative so that they can be unencumbered by the uh you know like the, uh, patronage in the old sense of the word like giving an artist or a person of intellect money to live so that they can just live the life of the mind you know uh i think yeah, that's why a do good they get thing. to be so special i wish they were more <laughs> common it's just it's so fucking hilarious. why can't we just have more programs like that where People who haven't even quite proven themselves yet, we give them a chance to show what they can. Free education. How about that? How about that? It's a completely unnecessary thing because 
everybody gets free education. Then you don't have to fucking like put a hat on somebody, uh, a big dunce hat, and call him a genius. <laughs> a dunce hat. By yeah. the way, I just uh. Well, I mean, Kendi is a Kendi uh, is a Kendi yeah. is an insane seven hundred dollar paycheck for this week. All right. Kendi's an insane hack. He is completely. I, I have no idea how someone like this goes to fucking school and comes out sounding the way he does and like produces the kind of work he does unless he's a fucking grifter and a snake oil salesman. And that is his only goddamn game. That is his game. He is just like, is it? It's Robin D'Angelo. They are the exact same fucking person. All they do is write hack shit and they get fucking put on talk shows and they make money that way. And it's amazing how ridiculous our university system is in this country that they are getting hired at universities. I think, isn't he at Yale or Princeton or something? It's a fucking incredible. University systems with joke, dude. Everybody knows I, that. It's I think crazy. No, no, at, uh, no, but Mike, it is a bigger joke than we ever even thought it was. It is, a, not to it is an absolutely fucking, it is a dumpster fire. If you dig into it for five minutes, system. 10 minutes, you'll find out all the bullshit. The people who run it, the people involved, it's all very servicey and it's less about intellectualism, even though it's trying to preach a certain yeah, it's about type getting of, a fucking job. And these motherfuckers just burn countries to the ground anyway. It's about That's maintaining the status quo, too. Don't step on toes, though. You better follow what we want you to do. It's awful. Yeah. It's a horror. For some reason, I was involved with something. I was making I'm so, about this I'm, earlier in the week. And the university system. Oh, yeah. Somebody was getting honored. Some guy, I saw some guy at a football game on Saturday, a random college football game in Kansas. I think it was Kansas State. And the guy's getting his number retired. Darren Sproles. Uh, he was a running back. Oh, yeah. And I saw this. Couldn't been more of a guy who would be disconnected from anything about Darren Sproles or football. This, like, white, balding, doofus president slash regents <laughs> slash, uh, you know, whatever guy on the board at Kansas State University presenting him with this bullshit. And I just thought about what do these guys talk about and how disconnected were those two really? And that is who runs universities, even in athletics or academics. It's run by these, they're all incubated in like the same <laughs> type of, uh, like I'm thinking like a matrix incubator where, you know, Keanu wakes up for the first time, the fucking shit all over him. That, it's like, that's where they all come from. All the people run all the universities across this country. It's, it's bogus and it's sick. And it's even corrupted academic publishing, all journals, and all the stuff that you write about or you think you're getting from if you're doing your master's work, your PhD work, and you're trying to source from, it's all been corrupted too because it has to meet a certain need and it can't be too controversial and it can't really even take chances. It's, it's just repetition of itself over and over again. I, I got a lot of issues with universities. But this is, so this isn't a university though that's awarding these fellowships. It's a private foundation. So... You know, like it's their prerogative on who they want to choose, but it's funny because this this award holds so much status uh, because it's been labeled. It's not, they don't even call it themselves a genius grant. The MacArthur. That's right. It's been in movies. It's been well, in that, that, that's Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. yeah, Little Miss Sunshine. People, Steve Carell's character won the that. MacArthur Genius Grant. Yeah, yeah. So it's like oh, mainstream. Was, yeah, and he is actually that was a good depiction of a genius grant uh, recipient. <laughs> it was. It actually, was that's the ultimate one. It's a dude that just fucking fucked off, did nothing else, just laid around. <laughs> yep. That's the perfect and he wasn't genius as cool. grant recipient. He really was. Yeah, the whole story was. Oh well man, told. that makes me love that even more. Kind of makes me think though, like if I were in Movie charge sucked, and I though. had 
if I were in charge of giving out the six hundred and whatever thousand dollars, you know, who, who who would I give a genius grant to? Who would I support? And I don't know. You know, like, you would never do that. That's I would never give out the money. Why, why would you? Why would why would there ever be anybody that feels like they can do that? That you're able to give that kind of money to a single individual, no strings attached. You have to, there's no like commitment to the community. There's nothing. You're a poet. Go and write. I want you to write as many hymns as you possibly can. Just hymn it up, baby. Just throw the hymns out there. And then we are going to all bask in your hymn glory. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't understand. I just, I don't get it, man. I mean, like, okay, poetry, you could say poetry is just priceless. Priceless. Why would you give it to a poet? What? How are you determining genius? Uh, it's, I know they don't call it genius grant, so they're just giving money off to, to people. What is it they're getting in return? They are getting something. And what they are getting is some form of, unlike, okay, there are people like John Sales who have given them nothing in return. They've just made movies and been awesome. It's not about them giving the MacArthur Foundation, anything in return. No, it's about, so, supposedly society. about them giving society something of value. Yeah, so John like, Sales did. Now, what has like Ta-Nehisi Coates given us? Well, again, your your point, though, is not necessarily about the merits of giving somebody money to contribute to society in a way that because they have some potential. It's how people are selected to, how people are identified as the people with potential to, to give to society so like how, how are we determining who's a de- genius who is determining this program is like notoriously opaque like you know people nominate people for consideration as fellows and then some panel selects them selects the recipients they have some rubric but it's probably not scientific at all I mean, obviously it can't be. I mean, it just, it always does kind of like boggle my mind. I mean, there, there are some people on the list where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. You somehow, I think, I think what gets to me is the idea that you are identifying somebody that is on the cusp of being recognized or somebody who would be permanently unrecognized if not for this particular honor. And so this committee would somehow like bring this person up that had no chance otherwise recognize them for their contributions and their potential, give them money to live a life that does not require suffering and living out of their fucking car and all that stuff. Let them create because their intellect is so valuable that you can't possibly imagine it in a constant state of struggle. There's three criteria for this. Okay. What are the criteria? Number I one. probably should have looked that up. Number one, exceptional creativity. So, okay, yeah, is Ibram Kendi creative? I don't think nope. so. Um, promise for important future advances based on a track record of significant accomplishments. Well, I will give I'll give Ibram Kendi a certain amount of credit for accomplishing quite a bit within the framework of his agenda. I mean, the guy's gotten a lot of purchase in the world based on his. Uh, ideas that I don't happen to Dude, agree the with. The guys that ran Exxon were super, like super accomplished within the framework sure. of their agenda. So 
Okay, number three, potential for the fellowship to facilitate subsequent creative work. So basically, <laughs> like, freeing up the work. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm just thinking about Kendi. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Uh, oh, my I God. Think, I think he's a charlatan. And so we're I thinking think. about someone like John Sales. Of course, he meets that criteria perfectly. Well, there's, I guess the point is there are many people who meet these criteria, but you have to narrow it to whatever, the guy that's selling the most pay. books on New on the New York Times. He didn't well, get that MacArthur Fellowship until after he had a bestseller. That didn't come out until at, like a year after he had a fucking bestseller and was like the hottest, the hottest name next to Robin DiAngelo after George, George Floyd fucking like died on the cross for them. Without George Floyd, those two would be fucking absolutely anonymous. I don't know. Uh, if that's that's, true. that's my thought. That's my thought. I don't. Know. I think they. I think. I think George Floyd was an accelerator for for them, uh, a platform on which they were able to build their brand. Because you know everybody was scrambling in the wake of George Floyd, and really the events of the summer. I mean, there was it wasn't just George Floyd. There was a bunch of stuff, right? You had. Uh, um, Ahmad Arbery and all these all these other people who died at the hands of violence, uh, not necessarily by the police. I don't think Ahmad Arbery was not killed by the police, but at any rate, uh, well, that was he that was, was killed by uh, concerned citizens. Yeah, exactly, vigilantes or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, just just uh, just just men of justice. <laughs> people who people who were interpreting men of the law. law. Yeah, um, poorly. <laughs> So anyway, I think it, I think that those events accelerated the, uh, the position, they, they put Ibram Kendi and, and his like, and those are people like really Robin DiAngelo is the other one that comes to name, comes to mind. And I'm sure there are others front and center, but they were already popular before that stuff, which boggles my mind because first of all, the writing is terrible. Like I'm just, and, and in addition to the ideas being bad, like, uh, it's funny, Luke, I listened to, um, Adolf Reed and, um, <laughs> good. And, uh, Walter's Ben, who is it? Walter, Walter ben? ben Michaels, Walter Ben Michaels. And yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's just interesting how people of real rigor, real academic rigor, whether they're right. on the left or the right. So, you know, like, it's funny, I've heard criticisms of Ibram Kendi from serious academics on both sides of the political spectrum, mm -hmm. le left guys like those guys, and then people on the right, like uh, your favorite, Glenn Lowry or others. Uh, and, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and no, seriously, though, but like, um, I hate Glenn Lowry. Are you kidding me? This but, but Glenn Lowry and and has, in fact, quoted Adolf Reed uh, in you know, they, they unite on this principle mm -hmm. of, of Ibram Kendi's charlatanism. Exactly. <laughs> and, and maybe well, we should characterize funny, what his ideas are. What, what's funny with uh, Adolf Reed is like people constantly prod him for feedback on it. And he, and he just, and he constantly has the same response. He's like, I, 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 what do you want? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just, just ridiculous. And um, so I got nothing. It, like he won't even entertain you know, criticizing it. He That's... won't criticize the merits of anything that Kendi says because it's complete 
nonsense. And Walter Ben Michaels, they that that conversation between Walter Ben Michaels and Adolph Reed, and I think it's um, it's it's on the Jacobin. So I think it's um, uh, Jen Pan, and there's one other person, Paul something. The, it is it's hilarious because they they just do not engage on it they they can't and it's like they're trying to get them to say something that's like really i don't know saucy or whatever but it does not it just doesn't well, said, pan out at all because they're just both like ah, this is they, ridiculous they, they said a few saucy things i mean adolf they, they was did like, but it's a like comment about about uh <laughs> from candy like basically being the pimp to Robin DeAngelo's. Oh my God, that was it, funny. Yeah. It was a little rough, yeah. Yeah. but no, he's just he's been he's been pimping out his he's been pimping out his race. That's what he's essentially saying is that he's been pimping out women and, and black people uh, for this particular ideology that well but that doesn't further the cause. That doesn't further the cause of anybody that would actually be technically on the left. And somebody that actually cares about, you know, more universal rights for everybody. So these are the people that are used as uh, liberal pimps, neoliberal pimps uh, for the entire fucking establishment. And they get trucked out there all the time. They're on CBS every goddamn week. I see fucking Kendi and I see D'Angelo on like just daytime shows. And it's like, what are they doing there? If they have anything of substance to say, they wouldn't be on a fucking daytime show. But problem is, most of the country watches that shit. Why? Why are um, you watching that? <laughs> I keep I keep my finger on the pulse, motherfucker. Okay, okay, you got to know what's going on, I guess. But I, it's funny because I was know your enemy. You got to know. You got to know your enemy. I was flipping through cable news the other day, which I I don't watch it. I'm too highbrow. But no, I, I was like immediately like. I've just wasted 20 minutes of my life. What the fuck am I watching this for? It's the worst thing. Uh, you guys still John's, talking? Yeah, we're still talking. We're what talking about... Hell? Where did you go? And why are you in darkness? It always weirds me out that you just sit there in darkness and you're this weird fucking silhouette that kind of like... I'm a human barely being, Barely shows up in camera. I'm a human being, all right? Not really. Feelings. You look like a yes, ghost. Not really. You look like all. a ghost. Well, put the lights on. If you put the lights like on, it. you'll look like a human. I like it like this. Why it's do you not have lights on? Put lights on. There's a light on right now. It's right in front of me. The blue light. My you bluest light. You're creeping me out. You're creeping you me out. Charles Burnett wanted MacArthur Genius Grant. Oh, my God. I listened to this on the headphones the whole time I was away. You guys are just blabbing on about fucking people who got the MacArthur Grant. And then I looked it all up, and I noticed that they're... Uh, seems to be an intent here to redistribute the wealth which i'm very excited about so that's good news because the whole list looks like it's people who are non-white uh, a lot of women and good for them well, hold on Re redistribute the wealth to who only people that are part of these ascriptive categories that are yeah they have like, to be I, like the joke physically is, identifiable uh, the joke is all the people on this list are like connected and uh they're not like on the streets begging for change at all they're very much right uh they work at new york university or they're uh well-known documentarians or their other okay, history thank professors thank you for at least saying that i was like where the hell are you coming from with this yeah i'd, uh, I'd be curious to like see 
you know, a Dude, reflection there was, on I'm how sorry. This I'm sorry. There was a there was a bucket drummer uh, at. Uh, <laughs> A bucket like drummer 20, one? There was a bucket drummer at uh, 28th Street and 4th Avenue, and he was fucking amazing. Definitely deserved a MacArthur grant. He was a real regular artisan. He was a genius. Uh, you know. Dude, Did you ever try out for Stop? Hey, no? more, hey, hey more, more benefit than writing a poem that only 12 people read. Well, first of all, I, that motherfucker I'm, entertained, I'm uh, you, he entertained 800,000 people a day. Your dismissal hey. of poetry is a little bit offensive, and, and I can show you the like uh, fifty fucking poetry books I've got. I actually have more of an appreciation for poetry than anyone here. Have you sold over two million but, books but, on racism? But, I don't think you have, dude. <laughs> I, I guess I don't have a problem with a person being a poet and receiving an award for genius. I just probably Yeah, have nobody does. That's I just think it should be weird. less it should be less than the person that does uh like water engineering in Africa. That guy should probably get like uh that guy should get like 900,000 and the person that does poetry should get like 300,000. How about that? Okay. How about you just how about you just weight it, you know, based on like Dude, I don't it, know. It's a actual, fucking actual swamp impact. of trash. Imagine all the political bullshit that goes on with this thing. It's Imagine garbage the behind but, the scenes. Yes. They give away 25 of these a year. Okay, this is a drop in the bucket. I guess the point is, is like, I'm not going to evaluate. 75. Hold on. Yeah, it's Imagine like 15 the politics million, behind 15 and a Imagine half million the, or Because they don't get, not they get nominated. They never get... You know, you can't apply, right? So, right. hey, you, I heard through the grapevine that you're special. Guess what? I'm verifying it. So let them do it. It's their money. If I'm fucking highbrow people. I'll never have any contact with any of these people in my life. So $17 million dollars a year. They just give out to yeah, well, fucking... He just, what they do yeah. is they basically give it to people who are like NYU, like you said. Doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, and then people it, who didn't need the money to begin to the with, people they who did run not these need universities. The money to begin with. Hey, she works at our university. Give it to her. That'll make us look good too. It's all connected. There's all this these conversations money, that the people who get the money don't even know happened that had a lot to do with them. This should literally be given to people who are homeless, or it should be given to people who need fucking health care. That's it. This should well, 17, never, <laughs> never be given to somebody. 25 different random cities, 25 different homeless people. We are going to any, randomly select. I would yep. love that. That'd be oh. cool. Oh, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I think, I think, it's not total okay. recall. It's like a running man. This is like running man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah running man the home game. All right, all right everybody. I still don't, I still don't know what uh, running man the home game was, by the way. Like, what did you do? What's the board game where <laughs> you're going to kill someone? That's the home game. I don't get it. I never understood that part of the movie. Well, like we've been but giving away, that off a lot. <laughs> giving away 15 and a half or 16 million or however many million a year to 25 random homeless people doesn't do anything to change homelessness. <laughs> wait a minute. Sure, what, 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 hold on. Wait, it changes. What is giving the money to the people who have received it? What does that change? It changes nothing. And there is mm-hmm. no, there is no, uh, there's no requirement that it needs to change anything. It is my free point money. is that it's free my point money. is that it's it's not more effective to give it away to homeless people. I guess unless your goal is to change twenty five individual lives. The goal of this project, which you would, you would trade, you would literally change twenty five individual lives, and I think maybe that's better than than funding somebody like Tanahisi Coates who fucking like 
peddles a fucking ignorant like perspective about like racism and class in this country and furthers and furthers a fucking furthers a fucking (laughs) a a disastrous fucking neoliberal enterprise that is what he does and because he got the macarthur grant nobody can question him and also the other reason no one can question him is because he's black I mean, good luck questioning him. Go ahead, question him. But we think he's a genius. Tell me how he's a fucking genius. I, I have a lot to disagree with uh, about with Tanahasi Coates, but and and I agree that imprimatur of genius coming from this grant is questionable. But I think what we need to do as the the public, are you shaking your head? What am I saying? Are you shaking your head? No, I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> um, John Scott hasn't talked in forever. That's why. Put your headphones back on, John. He's left. He's leaving. He's leaving. John He's is it's just you and me bitching yeah. at each other about the yeah. fucking MacArthur Genius Grants. <laughs> I guess the point is, is no one gives a fuck about the MacArthur Genius Grants. It's Good. we just this private foundation decided to give away six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to twenty five people that they that some group of people deem worthy for this grant, and that's fine. I think. We're giving this oxygen because we're actually caring about who gets this. It's this really is a distraction. It has nothing to do with anything. What we need to do is actually lift up good ideas and not necessarily individuals. I think what the Arthur MacArthur Genius Grant does is it elevates individuals too high and doesn't elevate actual ideas. Yes. Now this is the problem with this is the problem yes. with an Ibram Kendi is that his ideas associated with him as a person I think are dangerous. And our, our um, again, anti-racism in general sounds like a good idea. And of course, you know, I, ha- I hate that I have to say this. Of course, we're all against racism. We're all against biases in, in society. Sure. But I think I think the program. You, have, you do not have to say that, by the way, ever. You never well, need I have to mention say, that I, again. I, no, you don't. But, but say whatever does, you want. One does have to say this because if uh, I think you get associated if you're attacking a set of ideas that have a name then you're attacking a name like anti-racism, which sounds at face value, like this great thing. It is sad. It can be labeled as something else. Whereas like the project, yes, is to to create a less racist society, a a Mm -hmm. just society. Uh, I just think the way that Ibram Kendi is proposing going about it is foolish, which is like, you know, basically racial essentialism and that uh, it confuses as uh, uh, our friend um, Adolf Reed said, I think it was Reed or I can't remember who Walter Ben Michaels. I can't remember if it was Michaels or Reed who made this point, but it was that, you know, he's confusing correlation with causation. He's he's that that's they, they both agree on that, but that was Ben Michaels who said it. So, so anyway, I, I, I disagree with these awards elevating people. And I think we, as a public, as the populace, as the, we need to stop investing so much in these elite sort of distinctions that, that are awarded to people and actually look at real ideas, not at what somebody else said they were great. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, is it a crime that they get 675,000? I mean, that's, again, that's a, that's a separate question. That's, that's a philanthropy decided that they wanted to give this money away. Right. Exactly. And like, you know, hey, listen, you spend your money however you want. So if you're a foundation and that's how you want to spend your money, uh, you know, how can you 
do whatever the fuck you want. It, it doesn't matter. We just should stop listening to people like this. Like literally anybody who's funded by a foundation like that needs to be ignored and they need to be issued immediately, jettisoned completely by, you know, by the, you know, the, the working class, like the actual, the actual people that fucking mattered who are, you know, 10 times that of the people that represent us, quote unquote, and, you know, rob us every fucking day blind. You it's know, interesting we're the ones we're the ones with fucking power. Why do we give a fuck what Tana Hesiko says? You in, know, in the, is the space it of, is uh, it possible that he keeps pushing a a false narrative because he's getting uh, he keeps getting paid by the fucking New Yorker? I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm or not the gonna, Atlantic, of course. I'm, I'm not gonna question Tana Hesiko's motives. I don't know what those. Why are. not? Um, His motives are it, the motives. The motives of all these motherfucking people are to like get paid. So they're not rappers, though. I I, I give a pass to rappers. Those are the only people I give a pass to. I do not give them. Ka- Kanye, go ahead, <laughs> do your thing. But what you're saying is like, if your logic is correct, then you're saying you agree with everything Kanye does too. I, I'm not saying I agree with everything Tanahasi Coates does. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not questioning his motives. I think I question his ideas, not his motives. I don't know what his motives are. Well, his ideas. I, are I really don't know. And his motives are to make money. It's clear. No, no, that's it's, com- it's totally fucking are. clear. You did not. Know he that made he made a ridiculous. He's made he's made the most ridiculous fucking argument for fucking reparations, and he has set back the fucking discussion and the discourse over. Uh, class values like probably five to ten fucking years because too many people read him too many people read the atlantic too many people read the fucking washington post too many people like ascribe to the ideas that he has put out there and they think he is a genius because he got a genius grant so he is a massive fucking problem he has set things back so fucking far because there are so many people now that could have that could have aligned on on you know things like universal health care, but they won't because there's some kind of random argument about reparations that actually doesn't make any fucking sense and is about things like uh, you know racial inequities and and understanding some kind of abstract notion about race. That's all he focuses on. That's it. But, but that has, he doesn't. He's a genius, but he doesn't understand the real world. But that's, that's the his, thing that fucking blows me away. I, I agree with everything you're saying about his ideas, but I can't say anything about his motives. I really can't say anything about his motives. I don't know what. All right, interests. well, fuck that. I don't care about his motives either. I I care about what's really on the paper, and it's bad. It's really bad. It's really fucking bad, and it. And because of how prominent he is, I mean, again, got, look so at we, look we've at, look at the morning most of the our audience shows. at this point, including Scott our just co-host. literally left. He yeah. literally left. Um, Are we being blacklisted? What's going on? Are people? Yeah, just we're, we're toxic here. We're talking about we're we're criticizing the uh, the saints, uh, the many <laughs> we're, saints. We're, of we're, we're toxic. <laughs> John John just <laughs> dropped off. Anyway, he didn't, he didn't talk today. What the hell is his problem? Well, we talked about a movie that he hadn't seen, and then we talked about a subject matter that I don't think he 
<laughs> you know, as much interested in, in the MacArthur Genius Grant. So. Oh, my God. Well, all right. Well, in any event, I, I think what really gets to me is that, you know, we there there is it it's it's fine whoever whatever uh whatever you know institution wants to provide funding for whatever individual is that is what it is it, it doesn't doesn't bother me that much but the fact that i have to sit i am like in a company where i have to sit through I have to sit through like meetings. I have to sit through town halls oh. where I have to listen to this guy fucking talk. Like actually him or Kendi. Yeah. So you guys paid him like 30 grand to. Well, it seemed, it seems live. It seems live, but we're not allowed to respond to him. So it's hard to tell if it's live or if it was pre-recorded. Oh my God. And the other one was Robin D'Angelo. And then the other one was Nicole Hannah Jones. Oh, also, also a MacArthur genius. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, of course she is because she pointed out race. Jesus H. Fucking Christ. What? What a bunch of what a bunch of fucking bullshit. And we are, dude, we are in. Um, if we have if we have climate change, if if our world is burning on the outside physically, like our fucking world is burning on the inside. Because these are the people that get fucking raised up. And these are the people that actually, you know, they have a presence. And they have a presence in fucking companies. I have seen, I have heard and seen people argue the merits of some some fucking ridiculous thing that was being said uh, by uh, Kendi. I cannot stand saying his fucking name at this point, but I've, he was a speaker at our company. So what does that tell you? Do you know how much he gets paid for that shit? It's 30 grand. He's got a ridiculous speaker. It's like 30 or 50 grand or something. Yeah. He gets paid just to sit there and fucking do that. And then there are people like constantly, they, there's so much activity on the, on the chat thread. People are constantly, uh, throwing questions at him and it's like are are you nuts why would you want an answer from this fucking idiot and it's amazing this guy is well educated but he's a fucking idiot and why is an idiot uh the only idiots that come out of like really good education are people that are like making money that's it it's literally how that works you find a way you find a way to like block out all the knowledge and just decide to make money on it i don't think that that's incorrect but also it's, our fucking hosts have left what just happened like this i think we're done i think we dude this 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 pod has gone crazy the discussion of this subject matter i think has proven tiresome to all people whose ears it touches Maybe it's uh, no, no, I think I think I really do think you know we gotta move past some of this. It, it's so fucking tedious. It makes life so uninteresting. It simplifies life in a way into a simple little narrative. It just first of all is a miserable. It's a miserable way to live, <laughs> uh, and it's so it's so fatalistic. So you know 
everything has an explanation and an answer and life's just not that tight and mm -hmm. people including our co-hosts just don't want to hear about it so i think we can say <laughs> uh, MacArthur we're gonna Foundation, give we're, we're giving john's got a one. pass john scott gets a pass he's got this song goes out to the working man he's got he's got to work in the morning and, and and so do i so maybe we should uh, we should wrap it up uh, can, can you do it can you drop I think we can just leave, and I think we should ask Mike uh, to put some bomb music on this. Like, I want to hear, uh, I want to hear that that song, that Van Morrison song, uh, "To Be Born Again" from Astro Weeks. That was in maybe oh, the best yeah. parts of the Many Saints of New York that we can all agree to. That was definitely that was definitely the best part of that fucking movie. All right, Mike, uh, drop it. To be born again. Standing with the look of Everest And talking to you to let me Showing pictures on the wall A whispering in the hall I'm pointing a finger at me
Got a home on high Ain't nothing but a stranger in this world I'm nothing but a stranger in this world I got a home on high In another land So far away So far away We up in the heaven We up in the heaven In another time In another place In another time In another place Another place. Another time. Another place. Another faith. 